Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. Well, every year at Authentic Church, we pray and we fast and we lean into a word from God for the year. And I actually think it's one of the most important things that every pastor needs to do is to pray to hear from God and pray and intercede for the people that they've called, been called to lead. I think that's one of the most important job duties, descriptions of every pastor, one of the most important responsibilities to take hold of. And when you do that, God's gonna speak to you. Just as I believe that as men, the leaders of your home, your main role is to pray, receive a word from God for your family and intercede and pray for your wife and your children. That's your duty as the man, the leader of the household. And as God speaks, you listen, you write, and you then begin to steward what he says. And God is faithful and has been faithful to our church to give us a word for every season. You know, when you read through the Bible, when God would speak, he would speak to leaders, he would speak to kings, He would speak to regions. He would have a word for a region or a city or a nation. And when you read through the New Testament, you see that God had a word for the church in that place. And I believe God has a word for our church this morning. And I'm excited to share it with you. And we need need the flow of the Holy Spirit. We need a word from God. And I was reminded uh, out of First Chronicles, uh, it was, there was the tribe of Issachar. And there was men in the tribe of Issachar. And it said that they understood the signs of the times and they knew the best course of action to take. I'm praying and believing that we as a church body are going to be able to understand the signs of the times, what God is doing, and have the knowledge of the best course of action to take for our families. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, the beautiful thing is when we share a word of God for our church is if you consider yourself part of this church family, well, then this isn't just a word for our house, but this is a word for your house. And I wanna encourage you, don't just hear the word and walk away. I wanna encourage you to hear the word, embrace the word, soak in the word, marinate in the word, meditate on the word, repeat the word, post the word, speak the word, declare the word. I want, I want us as a church family to steward this word. And I'm so excited. This is one of my favorite Sundays of the year to be able to share the word that God has given us to steward. And we're gonna do something a little bit different today. We don't normally do this, but I'm actually gonna have a stand for the sharing, the reading of the, these passages of scripture. So if you could all please just stand with me. And we're gonna read them, it'll be on the screens. I will read them aloud, but if we could follow along. And this was a practice of the Jewish people. Anytime you walked into a synagogue, if a rabbi got up to speak and actually speak the word and read the word of God, everybody would stand. And then when they would teach, everybody would sit down. So we're gonna do that today. And the three key passages of scripture we have are found in Isaiah, Hosea, and 2 Corinthians. And I'm gonna begin with Isaiah 55, verse 10. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower 
and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap steadfast love. Break up your fallow ground, for it is the time to seek the Lord, that he may come and rain righteousness upon you. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. This is the word of the Lord for our church. These are the scriptures. And some would say, well, well, how do you get a word from God? Have you ever felt like that? Like, it seems like you've maybe heard people talk like getting a word from God. And you're like, how does that work? I've never heard God. I've not heard him audibly. And personally, I've never heard God audibly either. But many times as you read the word of God, you'll have what I would call an impression in your mind, a thought that you didn't think that maybe you've never thought before, see something you never saw before, and then suddenly it's not just revelation, it's an impartation where God begins to speak to you. And for me, a lot of times the way God speaks to me is I'll be reading my Bible and then somewhere out of the blue, something's gonna pop off the page. And it could have been like these scriptures, I've read these scriptures so many times over the 20 some odd years of being a Christian, but this year there was something different when I read those scriptures. And over and over again, these scriptures kept coming up and I would, I would read a scripture and I would share it with Fawn and she would read a scripture and share it with me and we just saw this kind of tapestry that the Lord was making in his word. And, and the word that God, I believe God has for us as a church this year, the word of the Lord is increase. The word of the Lord is increase. And, and not just increase, sometimes when you hear the word increase, it, you can think you can think external, like God's gonna increase my finances, he's gonna bless my business, maybe you're believing for a child and he's gonna bless you with a child and all that stuff is great. But the impression that I had from the Lord as I prayed into this, that it was about a work, an increased work that God wants to do on the inside of you. That there, there's something inside of you that God wants to deposit. There's, there's roots that he wants to place deep inside of your life that are gonna sustain you with the storms that may be coming. How many know this is, this is 2024, it's an election year. Okay, you don't have to be a prophet to see into the future to know that anytime there's an election year in the United States of America, it gets crazy. The last one, the last election year we had, I would not have been as surprised if I saw a pig fly past my window. It seemed like the world was losing its mind by the minute, right? But the people of God, like the men of Issachar, they stay steady. Why? Because they're grounded in the things of God. When you have the word of God rooted in your life, when you have a community of faith like this one that we're blessed to be a part of, you have strength in numbers. One will chase a 1,000. Two will chase 10,000, right? A three-stranded cord is not easily broken. We need each other. And the word of the Lord for our church is that word 
increase. And I want to share a few areas that I believe God wants to increase us in. And the first one is daily encounters with God. Daily personal encounters. I'm not saying daily encounters for your family. That'll be great. I'm not saying daily encounters for you and your spouse. That's awesome. Do that. I'm saying you personally. When you, when, you, when you get to the end of your life, you're not gonna be standing there with your wife and your kids coming into heaven. You're gonna be standing there alone and God's gonna look at you at the judgment seat of Christ and he's gonna ask the question, what did you do? In short, I'm gonna paraphrase it for you. In short, he's gonna say, you receive my son Jesus. You're here. You're gonna spend all eternity of heaven. But now I wanna take a look. What did you do with the life that I gave you? What did you do? I placed you in America. Like you won the lottery globally just being born in this country. Or maybe you traveled here and now you live here. Like you won the lottery being in that place. You have access to so much technology and you can literally send forth the word where it used to take uh, days and weeks and months to get a letter to somebody, you can do it in a moment like that. What words are you sowing? What seed are you sowing? You, you, you've, been given a t you've been given opportunity to live in a day and an hour where you can literally walk into a shop today and you can pick out the best fruits, vegetables, meats, etc. It used to be back in the day, you got to harvest that stuff yourself. You got to go kill that thing yourself. You got to go on hunting trips, man which some men are excited about that. They want to go on the hunting trip. I get that. I, I, I get that. But you have so many things at your disposal. And if we're not careful, some of the things that we have that we can take for granted can actually be trappings and we can become quiet, asleep. And if we're not careful, lazy, where we're not making the most of our days. I did an activity yesterday with my kids. We did our, our family vision day. And I posted about it. Some of you might have seen it. But we did our family vision day. And uh, this year, we, 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 did, we changed it up a little bit. And, and massive credit to my wife, Fawn. She had all these great ideas for making it more engaging with our kids. Because I can be a little bit more like family vision day, like I'm leading a corporation in America or something, right? You know, Fawn's a little bit more relational. And she's like, honey, you know, like you're going to lose them after two hours, you know. That's great dissertation on goal setting that you want to do, but maybe bite-size it, you know, like she's so good for me. And so we're going through it, but one of the things that I had them do is on one side of the paper, I had them list out, there's 24 hours in a day, and then I had them list out, how do you spend your time? Like, you're going to be accountable for the time that you have, that you spent, wisely or foolishly. We're going to be accountable for the time. So we put down how many hours of sleep you want to get. Let's start there, right? How many hours of uh, personal hygiene? You know, boys, you need to take a shower, right? You know, <laughs> you know how many hours are you going to spend eating? How many hours are you going to spend uh, reading in, in prayer? How many hours are you going to spend in school or work? How, how many hours are you going to spend having relationship, friends, going out, doing different? How many hours are you going to spend entertainment? And so I had them go through all of it. And I was talking to one of my daughters, and, and she, she was excited about doing it. And, and, and we looked back. We were laughing because we looked back over the holidays. And it was like, man, there was a lot of hours of entertainment. Like, I think we watched, like, every, maybe not every, but a lot of Hallmark movies, a lot of Christmas movies, right? A lot of Home Alones, all of them, five of them, or wherever. Like, like we've seen them all, you know what I mean? And, and when you go into the new year... My, my hope was, okay, let's take a look, family. We've we been having a blast, and it's fun. But now let's kind of buckle down. Let's recalibrate. Let's clear the mechanism, and let, let's, let's focus. So the first area that I believe God wants to increase 
in the lives of our church is your personal daily encounter. When the hours that you have in your day, that you're putting God first, that you're taking a moment before you get on your phone, before you race out the door to work, they're having a moment to encounter God. And some encounters are more epic than others. Not every encounter that I have is like a burning bush experience, okay? But I want a purpose that the first part of my day is dedicated to the Lord. What could 2024 look like if the first thing you did every day was you got out of bed and you knelt next to your bed and you thank God for another day? What could your life look like if you prioritize the things of God in your life more than you prioritize anything else? And I wanna encourage us, don't just go through the motions. Don't just check boxes. Like I did my reading plan, done. I did my Bible reading plan with Pastor Fawn, check, got it off the list. No, no, did you encounter God though? That's why Jesus came. He came to like shatter that, like stop doing things just to do them. Like I wanna have relationship with you. I wanna talk with you. I wanna share my heart with you. I wanna share wisdom for you, for your job today. You're gonna need it. You don't know that you're gonna need it. I'm telling you, you're gonna need it. Like he wants to share things with you. He wants to have a real relationship with you where you spend time and you meditate. And sometimes when me personally, when I have my, my time with God, my daily encounter time, sometimes I'll just sit with my journal open not even my Bible sometimes yet. And I'll just sit with my journal open and I'll just say, Lord, speak to me. What would you wanna say? And I just write whatever I feel that he's speaking to me. What is your daily encounter time like? Do you have a daily encounter? Most of us, we have an important appointment. We put it on our calendar. Like I'm, I'm a calendar freak. I put, I put tasks on calendars. Like if I'm gonna clean the garage, it's in my calendar. You know what I mean? Like I'm that guy. We put so many things on our calendar, so many important meetings. Do we put the most important meeting of the day on our calendar? I would encourage you to do that. It's, if nothing else, it's a good visual. Even if you miss the day, it's a good visual reminder. Like um, I need to meet with him. <laughs> That's one meeting I need to, I need to make. I wanna encourage you, prioritize meeting with God. And I'm praying that in your daily encounter times that there's gonna be a fire of God. I'm praying that this year that your personal encounter times are gonna to go to another level. And it may be great, it may be awesome. You may, you, you may have had some of the most incredible times with God this year. I'm praying that it's just gonna get better. That it's gonna go, you're gonna go from glory to glory as the scriptures say. Psalms 5 verse three, it's one of my favorite scriptures. You've heard me quote this before. At each and every sunrise, you will hear my voice as I prepare my sacrifice of prayer to you. Every morning, I lay out the pieces of my life on the altar and wait for your fire to fall upon my heart. For me personally, my daily encounter times, I usually begin it just praying in the spirit. I'll just pray in the spirit in about 15, 20 minutes, sometimes 30 minutes in, depending on how long my prayer walk is, I'll just pray and pray and pray. And somewhere after the 15 to 20 minute marker, suddenly there's a, there's a breakthrough. I, I would say there's like a shift. You know what I mean? You ever had that where you prayed and suddenly you, it went from just praying from here and you were praying from here? And you began to pray prayers that you didn't think up. And you began to pray what was on God's heart for that person, the family member, coworker, your life, your marriage, for you personally. 
Search me, O God, know my heart, know my anxious thoughts, see if there's any way inside of me, anything inside of me that's not your best. Cleanse me, cleanse my life. You begin to get to that place with God, that's where, that's where real intimacy, that's where real relationship happens. I'm praying the fire of God would fall upon our lives, amen? The second area that I believe that God is, wants to increase us in is our corporate encounters with God. That would be gatherings like this. Now, my personal daily encounter, I'm responsible for. I do that all by myself. But our corporate encounters, all of us are responsible for. Like, it's not just the people that are singing the songs on the worship team and leading us, which was so beautiful today. Megan, you stewarded that so well. I could listen to you sing all the time. Incredible. Corporate encounters with God is when we come together and there's an atmosphere of expectation. Like, have you ever gone to a football game? Like, maybe you've been blessed enough to go to a playoff game. I remember years ago, I went to a playoff game, and it was my Seattle Seahawks versus the Green Bay Packers. And it was in Quest Field at the time, which is now Lumen Field. And that stadium is known as being one of the loudest stadiums on the planet. The way that it's constructed, like, it is so deafening. And I remember being down on the sidelines and the people were screaming before the game, just going crazy. And they had the meter on the jumbotron that's like, how, how loud are you going? It's like, Arr! and people are just losing their minds, screaming loud. And I'm not kidding you, if you were standing this close to me, I could be screaming at the top of my lungs and you couldn't hear what's coming out of my mouth. It was so deafening loud. There was an atmosphere of expectation. And, and my thought is, if people could get this excited for a football game in a bunch of guys in their 20s and 30s that have no idea who I am, what could happen if the people of God, if the church of God got passionate for God that actually worshiped like he's in the room because he is? What could happen if we came in instead of coming in kind of casual and hand in the pocket and coffee in one hand and, Lord, you're good, hmm. It's great. What if we came in and actually came in to engage? And I'm not throwing shade at anybody if you walked in like that today, okay? We all have days like that. My point is, though, what could happen in our church if we came in expected? If we came in, and when we sing songs about lifting our hands in worship, which is scriptural, lifting our voices in praise, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. What could happen if a church worshiped the way the Bible talks about worship? I'm praying and believing that our corporate worship time, our corporate encounter times, that we're gonna encounter God bigger, louder, deeper, sometimes softer, that still small voice. But it's a matter of heart engagement. It's not volume, it's heart. What could happen for you and us as a church family if we were all in engaged with our corporate worship time and that we would corporately, as a family of God, encounter? You know, anytime you read through the scriptures, Old Testament or new, when the people of God gathered together with humility and just that heart of honor, God showed up. God showed up. Anytime they honored God with their time and their hearts, God honored them with his presence. 
James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he's gonna be faithful to draw near to you. Could we draw near to him together as a church family? Not just a few people, but corporately, collectively, all of us. If we could just draw near to him. Acts 2, I love this picture. Acts 2 says this, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. We read this, and sometimes we're like, yeah, that was the day the church was birthed, and it was awesome. You know what it began like? It began as a simple prayer meeting. That's what it was. They were just gathering together to pray. They had no source of amplification. We don't even know if there was a, a musician or a, a guitar in the mix. Probably could have been. Somebody might have been. We don't read that. But they gathered together to pray. And as they prayed and as they worshiped, the Holy Spirit showed up. What was so attractive at that moment? You could say, yes, God had a plan and a purpose for that day because it was Pentecost. Yes, you're correct. But God doesn't just come at an expected time. He comes to expectant hearts. And they were expecting the atmosphere of expectations, the breeding ground for the miraculous. You want to see God show up? Be expectant. Be expectant. I'm looking for that in 2024 for our church, that we would have stronger corporate encounters with God where we would see an increase of the presence of God in those times. The third area that I believe God is calling us to lean into is laborers and leaders. Laborers and leaders. I had to do a double take when I, when I saw this written out because at first when I first read it, I thought it said Labradors. I thought there was a spelling grammatical error. It's laborers and leaders. I believe God is calling laborers and leaders. He's calling us up. What if the entire people of Orange County that call themselves Christians lived like it? What would happen in Orange County? What would happen in our school systems? What would happen in the businesses and the companies? What would happen in the, in the libraries? What, what would happen in the malls? What, what, what could happen if everybody that says, I'm a Christian, if every person actually lived like it? And when I say live like it, that they honor their spouse in the covenant of marriage. That, that, that in business, that they, that they are integrous, that they, they don't lie, they, they don't try to float things or push things under the rug. They're, they're not the ones showing up late all the time and asking if they can get off early all the time. They're the hardest working. What, what, what if the Christians actually rose up and had intentional conversations with people knowing that eternity is real? I think sometimes we need to remind ourselves like there is a real eternity. Like, like, it, like it's, it's not a game. It's, it's not a fairy tale. It's not a good time story at the end of my day that I read to my kids. No, no, no. There is an eternity for every single one of us that awaits. There is a real heaven and there is a real hell. And God's design, his desire is that every single person would know him, have relationship with him, and be with him for all of eternity in heaven. 
But God is kind and he's gracious and he's gonna give the invitation, he's gonna give the invitation and if somebody doesn't respond, he's not so pushy that he's gonna make you when he gave you so many opportunities in your lifetime to know him, to encounter him, to experience him and live for him. If you didn't do it in your lifetime, why would he would not be a good God if he made you spend all of eternity with him? He gave you that invitation all throughout your life. If you reject it, that's on you, it's not on him. But there is a real eternity and there are people that do not know Jesus. That thought is what gets me out of bed in the morning. That thought is, is what fuels me. Because I can tell, I remember what it was like not walking with Christ. I can remember what it was like where I didn't have a relationship with my heavenly father and I was confused about who I was and, and I had a poor self-image and different. I remember what that was like. And you look around and you can see it. You can see people that don't really know Christ. And God wants them to know him. He wants them to encounter him. And we need the laborers to rise up and say, you know what, this year, I'm going all in. Like, what would it look like if you gave God everything in 2024? What would it look like if you lived your life every day as if it was your last? If you lived every day like that conversation you, you had with, that you had with that person might be the last you ever had with them. What would it look like if you really carried that thought that man, eternity's real, and I wanna leave an impact this year on my neighbors, on the people that live down the street from me that don't know Jesus. I, I, wanna, I wanna live with eternity in mind. What could it look like if we all lived that way? And I believe God is calling the people of God to rise up Somebody said when we first moved here, they said, man, there's a lot of churches in Orange County. I don't know if Orange County needs another church. And my comment was, well, tell that to the three million people that aren't going to church on a Sunday. The three million people that may not know Christ. Tell that to them. If you put every single, if you filled every single church in Orange County to capacity, the statistics a few years ago were that only 7% of the population would be able to go to church on a Sunday morning if you filled every seat to capacity in every church in Orange County. Only 7% would actually be able to come in and sit down. I'm not satisfied with that. I'm, I'm believing for increase in this area. And actually, this word that we have, the word increase, when God gave it to us, then afterwards, as we began to steward that and talk about it, then God gave us the idea for the hope bracelets, which many of you sewed into. God gave us the idea for the new believers boxes, which many of you sewed into. God gave us a heart to one day purchase our own building, a facility that would be a ministry center, not just a church gathering on a Sunday morning, but something that we could utilize in the community all week long. Why? Because God cares about all the people that are not in the room today. As much as he cares for us, as much as he's meeting with us, speaking to us, as much as we're encountering him today, there's a lot of people that aren't here that, man, they're close to his heart. Jesus left the 99 for the one. Who's the one? Who's one person in your life where you're like, you're sitting here today and you're like, man, I wish they could hear this message. <laughs> I, I wish they could come and encounter God like this. Who's, who's the one? Who's the one? Luke chapter two, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he tells them this. He says, you know, the harvest is actually plentiful, but the laborers are few. Like there's a harvest to happen. There's a harvest there, but the laborers are few because my people are too busy. 
They're too caught up in their own stuff to look around and see the person next to them. They're, they're, too, they're living too fast. There's not enough laborers. We need more laborers. So he says, therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest field. Number four, the fourth area that I believe God is calling us to lean into that we're gonna see increase in, which goes with this, is to reach the lost, to reach the lost, that we would be a soul-winning church, that we'd be a church where people come to know Christ every Sunday, that we'd have baptisms. And this year, one of the things that we're gonna do, we, we, we started it last year with a number of churches in the region was baptize SoCal. And if you are a part of it, it was amazing. We were able to witness 4,000, over 4,128 people be water baptized at Pirate's Cove. It was bananas. It was absolutely awesome. We're doing that again this year on Pentecost Sunday. So you can put it in your calendar. We're gonna be doing that again. It's gonna be a massive lead up. And we're gonna see more and more people come to know Jesus. More and pe- more people get baptized. But the hope is they don't just have an encounter on the beach, but they actually stop living like a spiritual orphan and they get planted in the house of God. We want to reach the lost. Jesus said in Luke 19.10, he said, for the son of man, came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus was consumed at going after those people that were lost. Let me say it another way. Jesus was consumed with going after people who felt like they didn't fit. Anybody know somebody where they just feel like, they, you can tell, man, they just don't fit. They, they, they feel like they don't fit. They haven't found their tribe. They, they, have, they don't really have a sense of family. Uh, they chase one relationship after another. They, they just haven't found that place where they fit. I'm praying this year they're gonna find their fit in Christ. Amen? Amen. So salvations, baptisms, disciples, we're gonna see it happen. Increase. This is the word of the Lord for our church this year. And like I said at the beginning, if this is a word for this house and you're a part of it, then it's also a word for your house. And so I just wanna encourage you as we come into the 21 days of prayer and fasting that you lean into this. Say, God, I'm, I'm gonna steward this word. I'm actually gonna, I'm gonna take a look and I'm gonna read through Isaiah 55 and I'm gonna read through Hosea 10 and I'm gonna read through 2 Corinthians. I'm gonna read through these scriptures. I'm gonna meditate on them. I'm gonna mutter them. I'm gonna speak them. I'm gonna declare them and I'm gonna ask you, Lord, what are some areas where you want to see a harvest in me, in my life? And for some of you, you might say, Lord, I, I, I receive this, and the Lord might speak to you about a harvest of blessing that he wants to bestow upon you. And I wanted to end today with rededicating our lives to Christ. I wanted to end today with actually taking communion as a spiritual church family here. And so I'm gonna have the band come up front, and they're gonna begin to play softly. And as they do... We're gonna have communion. If you've not taken communion with us before, communion is reserved for those that are believers in Christ. And up on both sides of the stage, we have communion cups. And at this time, we'll just all stand together and you can make your way up to the front and you can grab a communion cup to join us for a time of communion. And in the communion cup at the top, there is a a wafer, if you will. And then underneath it, is a cup of juice. In the time of communion, this was a practice by the early church. It was actually a culmination of their gatherings. 
at the end of every gathering, before they walked away from each other, they would take communion, and their communion would be a time of remembrance where they would remember what Jesus did for them on the cross. Sometimes when you look back and you remember what he did, you can feel that pain. Sometimes when you look back and you remember where your life was at before Christ came, it can be a sobering moment. And other times when you take communion, it can be a rejoicing moment because you're like, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for delivering me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. And if you're here today and you need to get your life right with Christ, I would encourage you before you take communion, do that. Do that. Before you take communion, you have a moment with God right now and maybe just close your eyes and rededicate your life to Christ. Say, God, I'm, I'm yours. I'm dedicating this year to you. I'm rededicating my life to you. I wanna live for you like never before. God, I wanna see those daily encounter times. I wanna see those flourish. God, I'm praying and believing for those daily encounter times in my life to go to another level. God, I recommit my life to you today. And so today, as a church family, we're gonna take communion, remembering what Christ did. And this is a holy moment. So if you have your communion, you can go ahead and open the top portion and take out the wafer there. Jesus, we thank you for your body. We remember what you did on the cross did it for me. We don't take it lightly. We don't take it out of religion. We take this now, this communion as a family and individuals remembering you paid the ultimate price to give us eternal life. And so we thank you, God. And we take this bread and we eat of it together and remember you. You can take the cup now. we take this cup that represents the blood of the new covenant the blood that was shed for us and we thank you for the new covenant we thank you that we're in relationship with God because of you that the only way to the father is through you we remember that your blood was shed for the forgiveness of your our sins and that we partake today of your righteousness. We partake today of healing, that by your stripes we were healed. By your stripes we were set free from any sickness, disease that could ever come near us. And if you're here today and you're believing God to heal your body, I want to remind you that Jesus came not just to seek and save the lost, 
to set people free, but he came with healing, that he is the healer. And as you take communion today, as you reflect on what he has done, pray and believe for healing in your life. Maybe you need healing in your heart from some stuff that happened in 2023. Maybe there's healing, physical healing in your body, ailments, you're believing for healing. I'm telling you, believe again today in this moment, anything can happen. So God, we reflect. Jesus, we thank you for your body and we thank you for your blood. And we take communion together as a family. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and take the cup. Let's all stand together as we sing this. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com.